Are you tired of losing your rights and freedoms? The Alberta Prosperity Project has a solution for you. Join the community and learn more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And with you on board, we can achieve freedom and prosperity for all of us. Oh, hey, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunry, and I bet you at home were expecting David Menzies' goofy face, but instead <laughs> you're getting blessed with Alexa Lavoie, my Quebec-based Hello. colleague. Alexa, how's it going? How was your long weekend? Did you at least get to take a little time off? Uh, yes, I did. I did, and it was nice because the weather was perfect to take a break. I hope you did the same and you didn't work too much in your farm. <laughs> I, You know what? I actually got away from the farm because my daughter was playing in the Western uh, Championships for rugby. Oh. Uh, she was representing Alberta in Kelowna over the weekend. Uh, the Alberta teams, I think they swept silver, which I think is pretty great because I think the BC teams took gold because they get to practice on grass all year and um we only get like four nice months of <laughs> weather mm. here but it was oppressively hot it was like 39 degrees and they moved the games to like 8 a.m to they were off the field by 10 30 because it was just too hot to have the players on the field but um yeah it was good i worked a little bit naturally i cannot get away from my computer but i hope everybody yeah. at home <laughs> had a great long weekend too whatever they call it in whatever province you're in i think in alberta it's heritage days i'm not sure what it is in some of the other provinces though um, we, uh, I'll just tie up all the loose ends and tell everybody what we're doing. And I just really briefly looked over the list of topics that everybody suggested that we discuss. So I'm flying blind, but, um, I like surprises. <laughs> and so we'll figure it out together. Um, but this is the Rebel News daily live stream. We used to just be hosted on Fridays, but more news than ever. Let's talk about stuff every single day. Now, we do stream on YouTube, but looking at the list of things um, that we might talk about, we might have to cut that YouTube feed because YouTube is a censorship platform. There are only a, you know, a very narrow swath of things you can talk about on YouTube, and it is basically how much you hate conservatives and makeup. From what I understand, those are the only two things you're allowed to talk about on YouTube, not actual things that affect actual people. So um, if we get sort of into the red zone, we'll cut the YouTube feed. But the good news is that we're streaming on Getter and Odyssey and Rumble. And if you want to support the work that we do, Odyssey and Rumble allow you to do that through their paid chats. On Rumble, it's called a Rumble rant. On Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. And so if you throw us a little bit of money, helps us keep the lights on. And uh, it will we'll show your question or comment or story idea on air and we'll read it and then we'll do our best to respond. And I think that ties up all the loose ends, but we do appreciate everybody who pitches in to support the work that we do here at Rebel News. There are plenty of things you can spend your money on. Justin Trudeau is making sure that you have fewer bucks in your pocket than ever. So we appreciate that you choose to support us as opposed to being forced to support the mainstream media. Now, Alexa, is there something that you wanted to start the show off with? I, I, I um, would say that you have a lovely shirt. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, I should tell everybody. <laughs> so my, I was gone, but I was care. I left sort of, Thursday, but nobody knows when I left because um, I was still working. So it was like nobody even knew. But um, my parcel from the Rebel News store at rebelnewsstore.com came in. And I don't know if you can see this, but it is the I Love Meat shirt. 
And as you know, I'm a meat evangelist. I'm a strong supporter of Canadian farmers, being one myself. But I think meat, um, besides, you know, the hand of God, meat is what makes us human. Um, it's what separates us from the gorillas and the other great apes is our digestive system that is designed not to digest plants, but meat. And that is specifically designed to fuel our brains. And so when they want you to eat less meat and more bugs, it's because they don't want your brain working properly. And so we've got a great new selection of anti-insectivore. So anti-cricket eating <laughs> um, stuff and pro-farmer merchandise on there. And it's incredible. We're adding new stuff to the store all the time. So it's rebelnewsstore.com. By the way, uh, Olivia, do we have a, we do have a summer promo going, don't we? Yeah. Can you whisper that in my ear? Oh, Alexa, maybe, you know, maybe you can tell us. Yeah. So um, with the code uh, summer, it's uh, you buy two unisex unisex shirt and you got one for free so i encourage everybody to go and in the same time i encourage you to take the misunderstood merch that i wear just right now <laughs> my favorite shirt yeah yeah no my i, I have a gray gray one and my daughter yeah. took it <laughs> oh Aww. yeah that's okay um let's get into justin trudeau um working hard or hardly working well <laughs> he's uh, working hard at destroying the company and ironically hardly working because he's taken another vacation um he's yeah, the laziest yeah. politician in the free world he runs this place like some sort of oligarch um and uh he has taken off to costa rica for a two-week vacation. And uh, how exciting for him. Um, the airports are in chaos. Um, if you needed to renew your passport, forget about it. Um, if you need your passport for, I don't know, 2024, start now. Um, but Justin Trudeau, he's on the beaches of Costa Rica. So I guess uh, good for him. Um, but God and help you if you have to fly as a normal person through Toronto Pearson. Forget it. And who pay for his vacation? us and it will probably don't need to fill uh rife can have when it will come back <laughs> yeah he's not gonna have to deal with a rife can he's not gonna have the constant surveillance calls he's not gonna have his cell phone monitored um like the rest of us when the public health agency of canada wants to know where exactly you are None of those things are going to happen to him. He's not going to get a big fine. He's not going to have to quarantine. Or if he does, he's just going to, I don't know, sit in his underpants and play Xbox out at uh, Harrington Lake or whatever he does. Um, but he's not going to be subject to any of the catastrophes that normal Canadians are. Um, and he's just vacationing. Like, the, the country is a disaster. The travel industry is a nightmare. And he thinks that he's earned a vacation, I guess. Um, you know, the, on the flip side, if he's doing less work, um, he's breaking things. He's breaking fewer things, right? Well, for me, it just, uh, it just double standard all the time. So we're not really surprised of this and um, a lot for me and a lot for D. So... It's it's actually yeah. the perfect example again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's telling us, oh, have a staycation because of climate change. Visit Canada. Don't fly on planes because 
climate change. You're killing the planet, Sheila. Your comfortable SUV that gets you from point A to point B safely, that's killing the planet. Excuse me as I take this private jet to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And I'm ju- I would be not surprised if I saw like a picture of his flight, probably a private jet with no oh, mask is, inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No masks inside. We, we know that because he had that um, photo of him on a train with no mm-hmm. masks on the train while he was, the government was pressuring uh the transport rules to stay in place so that normal people would have to wear a mask on a train. Justin Trudeau, he wasn't wearing one on a train. So I mean, yeah, it's just rules for us and guaranteed. I love one of the things I love to do here at rebel news is to pull the liquor and food bills on these enormous international flights. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's sometimes it's several hundreds of thousands of dollars for just like six trips It'll be like a quarter of a million dollars or a third of a million dollars. Guaranteed, guaranteed, there's not a single cricket on the menu <laughs> at this place. That's for us. <laughs> oh, just for us. And, and the 8.5 million that he spent for the cricket farm, it's all, all for us. It's not for him, probably. You know, as a farmer, I think uh, I have bad dreams about plagues of locusts. Like I read that book of the Bible. when the the plague of locusts come and so i just think like what happens if they have a problem at that huge cricket farm and all the crickets get out what happens to everybody else what happens to the canadian farmers that a literal biblical plague of locusts just descends on them any did anybody think of that is it is it bad for because i'm not a farmer but probably lots of crickets would just destroy uh, yeah. Farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they carry diseases too. So who knows what sort of diseases and pathogens they're carrying to your cows, your sheep, your chickens who eat them, who knows. But I do know that um, I think there's pre- credible reports that a virus escaped a lab in Wuhan and shut down basically the entire world. You want me to believe that people are going to be able to keep crickets in a facility. My son had a lizard once. A cricket got into the baseboards. And <laughs> I was going to move <laughs> because it just got out. And so I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a billion or so crickets just getting out, getting loose, destroying everything. I don't want to think I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Please. Now, on the topic of Justin Trudeau, um, I think the people who are giving him gifts because he has to declare everything that he's given as a gift to the uh, ethics commissioner, especially now since he's had like one, two, three ethics violations that they number them like Trudeau report one, Trudeau report two, Trudeau report three. Um, now he's, a, I guess he's a stickler about uh, letting the ethics commissioner know the kinds of things that he um, has been gifted. And I think the people giving him gifts know that he's as much a narcissist as I know him to be because he's routinely given portraits of himself as gifts, um, at oh, least according no. to this Canadian press article. <laughs> uh, Justin Trudeau has been offered the gift of his own likeness, so photos of himself, some 17 times since becoming prime minister, including once by the president of China. So Xi Jinping even knows that Justin Trudeau is an absolute narcissist and gave him a photo of himself. He's got vases, wine bottles, 
and Star Wars paraphernalia, again, because he's just a man-child, are among the 400 gifts, each worth more than $200 that Justin Trudeau has declared to the Federal Ethics Commissioner since late 2015. Um, More than 140 gifts were offered to his spouse, Sophie, or their kids, while 110 came from other countries' heads of states or governments. Wow. Do you just say that one portrait of him worth $200? What? $200. Yeah. (laughs) In excess of $200. So it could be more. It could be like special, framed, fancy. Apparently, uh, the King of Jordan, is that King Abdullah? He's very Western, Mm -hmm. actually. Uh, The the uh, royal family of Jordan. They've been the most generous, presenting 10 gifts to Trudeau, ranging from a handmade leather saddle. Holy smokes, that's got to be pricey. To sculptural plant vessels to jars of honey. The PM has had to forfeit 20 items, including three paintings of himself because they were, oh my God, three paintings of himself because they were worth well more than $1,000. But he reimbursed Whoa. the cost of two gifts. He kept a Chinese e-bike and an Inuit etching so he could keep them. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you know, and he has to declare all of this stuff. So it makes you wonder how he forgot that luxury holiday to a private island owned by the Agacon. <laughs> he's declaring e-bikes and photos, right? Like pictures taken of himself. He's a real stickler on that. But oopsie doodle, I forgot the vacation to the billionaire's island. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird? That's a, that, that's a nice forgetting uh, thing, yeah? They're just like, oh, no, we didn't mention that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot that. <laughs> just slipped my mind the fact that I flew on a private helicopter with all of my security to a... A billionaire's island with my wife for two weeks. It's funny how yeah. you forget that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's it's actually the most easiest thing that you can forget in all this, like all this yeah. small painting stuff. Oh, this is it's this is so important. I will I will remember that. But oh, the big fly to the island. Oh, oh, I just I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he declared the saddle, but not the flight. Um, We should go to an ad break because I think the next story we want to talk about is rife with hypocrisy. And I will tell you why. But let's uh, hit the ad break and then we'll go into that. If you wouldn't mind, Olivia. Adam Sos here for Rebel News. You know, our company is growing quickly and we'd actually like for your company to grow too. That's why this ad space that I'm speaking through right now is actually available for you to purchase. So instead of people listening to me, they could actually be learning about your company, learning about your business. If this interests you, if this is an opportunity you'd like to capitalize on, send us an email at ads at rebelnews.com. Adam with a great pro beef shirt there too. Um, the, the next thing I want to talk about is the reason I want to talk about it is because there's so much hypocrisy. Maybe we could bring up this tweet from Linda Steele. I forget which company she works for now. I think it's global or it was, she used to actually be an Edmonton based, uh, talking head. She read the teleprompter for, I think global news here in Edmonton for a time before she moved out to Vancouver. Can we bring up the tweet from Linda Steele? She says, environmentalist activist group, and I'll tell you why I think this is uh, Extinction Rebellion linked in a second here, but flattened the tires on 34 SUVs 
I don't know if these are like the kind of tires I put on my SUV because I like the big, bigger tires. Um, but, uh, it's, this is very expensive. Uh, they flattened the tires on 34 SUVs in Victoria and Oak Bay on Vancouver Island warning. This is just the beginning. Oh, so terroristic threats. Sounds great. Um, it claims that direct action works. This is not going to end well if one of these activists is caught in the act. You better believe it won't end well if someone flattens one of my fancy tires. I will flip my lid. But again, okay, stupid environmentalists are slashing your tires. So now you have, you don't get to wear out that tire. You have to put another tire on there. So you've just created tire waste. Good job saving the planet there. Um, <laughs> but This is actually really worse. <laughs> Yeah, it's stupid, right? So now you've got this person cannot wear out their radials. They have to put on a new tire. Great. Good job saving the planet by making people change their tires too soon. But let's read this next one. Attention, your gas guzzler kills the little note they stuck on the windshield in case like flattening your tires wasn't enough. They Then they shame you with this stupid little thing. We have deflated one or more of your tires. The spelling of tires there is the UK version. And Extinction Rebellion is based in the UK. And so this is a foreign operation um, meddling in Canadian policy. This is basically foreign environmentalists committing acts of economic terrorism in Canada. And I, I don't I think I'm probably being over emphatic when I say terrorism, but if you are committing acts to uh, force people uh, through, you know, threats, which is what this is, to uh, bring about political change, you're threatening people. Um, and so that's at least, um, you know, strong arming, coercion. Um, but anyways, let's keep going. You'll be angry, but don't take it personally. It's not you. It's your car. I am my car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, you know, you come for my car, you come for Sheila. Okay. Anyway, we did this because driving around urban areas in your massive vehicle has huge consequences for others. Okay. The modern SUV is quite small. It's not the suburban of old, which I love, by the way. Uh, car companies try to convince us we need massive cars, but SUVs and four by fours are a disaster for our climate. SUVs are the second largest cause of the global rise in carbon emissions over the past decade, more than the entire aviation industry. Blah, 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 blah. They're talking about the UN. Even if you don't care about the impacts of people far away from you, there's also consequences for your neighbors. SUVs cause more air pollution than smaller cars. SUVs are more likely to kill people than normal cars in collisions. <laughs> It's also more likely to save the life of the driver, but okay. But, uh, psychological studies show SUV drivers are more likely to take risks on the road. I'd love to see that study. Uh, SUVs are unnecessary and pure vanity. How do you know that? How do you know? How do you know that I don't need to drive my SUV on a road that gets plowed like maybe twice a winter? Um, that's why we've taken this action. You will find... No difficulty getting around without your gas guzzler with walking, cycling, and public transport. Uh, and they call themselves the tire extinguisher. So the tire, again, is the UK spelling there. But think about a mom. It was very hot in BC, by the way, over the weekend. Think about a mom coming out of the grocery store. She's got a cart full of groceries, maybe a baby in the car seat sitting on top of the buggy. It's 35 degrees. She goes out, her tires are slashed. Everybody's tires are slashed. She can't get her groceries home. They're spoiling. She's already overpaid for her groceries. 
and her baby is overheating now. And we've just had, now we have a disaster on our hands. Who do they think that they are bringing to their side of the equation here by doing this sort of stuff? Absolutely nobody. But secondarily, uh, this is more tire slashing and vandalism than the entire convoy to Ottawa did in nearly four weeks. But Tamara Leach is in and out of jail, spent 49 days in jail. And I bet you not a single person will even be arrested or charged for any of this stuff. And nobody will actually go like against the politician who drive big sub suburban and big car and um, them. Oh, it's okay. Just normal citizen. Like you, you should not like have like SUV. It's bad. <laughs> this yeah, is actually hilarious. Yeah, and it's yeah, outrageous. It yeah, I mean, this is um, uh, you know, like this is. For a family that's struggling, you go outside and you've got $1,200 worth of tires slashed. This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So these are families, like every other family in this country, being hammered by food inflation. Um, you know, your dollar's going, you know, not as far as it has in the last 40 years. This We've got, like, uh, the height of inflation. And you've got to go outside mm -hmm. because some eco-jerk just slashed your tires for no good reason, convicted you of a crime, judge, jury, executioner, you're a climate criminal, according to this anonymous loser. And now you're out $1,200 in a round of tires because you're trying to save the planet. Your tires are off in the landfill now, by the way, and you've got to put new tires on your car. And none of these people, I bet you not a single one of them will even get charged with mischief, let alone vandalism. But... I don't know if you see what I'm seeing right now, but we saw it with uh, the pandemic, all, all that, that polarized the people, all they were against. And now the subject of the hour is climate change. And now that polarized so much people and they go after the people who are not going in the same guideline that what the people say that you need to do with the climate change. And it, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse in the months coming. and. And with the inflation, with everything, if people like are going to be like so much extremists in this, I think it's it's going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this they've convicted people they don't even know. They don't know if this person that they, whose tires they slashed, they don't know if they're like an environmentalist tree planter. They have no idea. But they just saw your car and said, oh, your car? means that you're somehow psychologically a criminal <laughs> and they slash their tires. I it's just these people. And again, the courts will come down harder on a lady who organized a street party than these people who inconvenienced some 34, not inconvenienced. I mean, if you don't have $1,200 to replace your tires, now what? Um, this is worse than inconvenience. This could be families not, going on vacation, kids not playing hockey this year. Um, because, you know, like this could be the difference between school supplies and groceries and, and tires on the car to be able to get to work to pay for those other things. Um, but they will not see the inside of a jail cell while Tamara Leach and her street parties, she got 49 days. Yeah. Oh, them, they will never have been find out who, who did that. No. 
Yeah. Okay, we should move along because we have this. Uh, did you know that your mayor, uh, if you live in Toronto, oh, <laughs> Montreal mayor? Yeah, <laughs> and Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart. They are members of a hundred other mayors across the world who have vowed to work together across borders to protect people and communities everywhere and build a more sustainable, resilient, and equitable future. I'm always um, mm -hmm. frightened when I see the word equitable because that means uh, you're going to take from me and give it to somebody else. I don't like when governments decide what's even. Even Stephen, that always worries me. But mm -hmm. this is a group of mayors who uh, want to limit your ability to consume dairy and meat, the size of the house that you can have, uh, that cities need to grow up instead of out, even though Canada is one of the least populated places on the face of the earth. Um, they want to limit, you know, uh, the size of the car, if you can have a car or should you be riding a bike, they want to do this through um, legislation, zoning, planning rules. They're even saying, okay, well, you can have 1,200 calories in your diet today. Okay, I've probably taken that much. If I think about all the fat and meat that I eat, I probably do that. But they're saying, oh, you, but Sheila, you can't have dairy if you live in Toronto and you can't have your steak if you live in Toronto. You get to have... 1200 gut busting calories of undigestible cellulose so that you can't think in your city just smells like flatulence. I mean, I just, I don't know how this is John Tory or Valerie plants business, what people eat in their city. I have no idea where they get off thinking these things. Um, well, Valerie plant, I'm very, very not really surprised because she's really a pro environment pro um climate and um it, she did like remove all the parking for the car for um the bicycle road so a lot of people were really uh mad because they had they have a lot of car that cannot park anymore but the bicycle can go everywhere and so lots of people were really mad at this and as well I don't know if you heard that about the, the pesticide, uh, Monsanto, that was a really a big deal in Montreal. They were supposed to remove it, but uh, instead they didn't remove it. And they found out that it was really bad for cancer and uh, other. Um... So it's again, she's again like a double sender. Oh, I'm going to do this, but I'm not doing it uh, uh, because it's a big company. So uh, I let that, that that pesticide there there. But in another way, I removed the parking lot for the the consumer, the citizen, and I'm gonna promote for the bicycle. So um Barbary plant is not it's not on my uh, I would say favorite mayor that we we had. I just moved to Montreal, but I know a lot of people doesn't like her. Yeah, she's very far left. And if I were to pick the one environmental issue that maybe if I were the mayor of Montreal that I would focus on, it would be the aging sewage system that requires constant mm -hmm. multi-billion liter dumps of raw untreated Montreal sewage into Montreal waterways. That's where I'd be putting my focus. I wouldn't be worried about what people were eating if I actually cared about the environment. Mm -hmm. I would be like, hey, I think we're killing a bunch of fish here. 
by dumping raw sewage into the St. Lawrence. Like that's where I would be. But she, I think was first elected in 2017 and they've had multiple sewage dumps since then. Uh, I think if I go back to 2020, as of 2020, between 2015 and 2020, they had dumped nearly 900 billion. So by now we're well over a trillion, well over a trillion, uh, two years later, two and a half years later, 90 billion liters of raw sewage into the country's waterways over the past five years, enough to fill up an Olympic sized swimming pool more than 355,000 times. Uh, and Montreal is the worst offender across the country. So um, if they, if she really wants to make a difference, um, maybe don't worry about the steak that I'm eating or forcing me into crickets. Maybe, maybe get yourself out of the Stone Age with regard to uh, water treatment. <laughs> this is crazy. Nah, nobody... <laughs> Nobody do nothing for this. Like, you, you know, the 900 billion of liter of like that been released in like our river is, it's, it's really polluted. And I'm yep. not, I would never swim on that water. Never. No. Because you just go there and you look at all the water look like, and you don't want to swim on this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's revolting. And then this mm -hmm. Montreal's blocking Alberta pipelines all the time. And it's like, you know, have you looked at an Alberta river? Pretty clean for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. the North Saskatchewan, by the time it gets to Edmonton, I'm like, eh. Uh, but uh, before it gets to Edmonton, it's great. That's already half the province. You're doing great. But I wouldn't mm -hmm. go near a Toronto waterway. I wouldn't go near um, a Montreal one. Um, if you got swimmer's itch, that would be the best possible outcome. <laughs> and and so when I hear these big city mayors complaining about, you know, dirty Alberta oil or how much food people are eating, I think you've got real actual, like actual environmental problems, not the made up ones about the products of respiration and plant food. You've got real problems. Can we fix those before we move on to all these other aspirational globe saving issues? Fix the things right in front of you. It's what Jordan Peterson says, clean your room before you change the world. Yeah. Let's start there, mayors of the big cities. And, you know, like they already uh, into, oh, we need to be careful with the meat. It's not good for the climate change and everything. But did you hear that in 2021 in Quebec, they kill millions of chicken um, just because they were in strike. And so instead of taking that, the, that number of chicken that they euthanize, um, instead of taking them for consuming, they just throw it away because they say, oh, but El Canada, oh, we didn't approve the, all these chicken. They didn't pass that. But they, they kill millions of chicken. This is crazy. And nobody did a big deal. Oh, but all these chicken is like um, um, maybe used for poor people or for other like uh, industry. No, did you say no? Uh, it's not passed for um, the consummation. So we just like, and this is because a lot of uh, people were, were were on strike, and they say like, no, we are not uh, going to work anymore if we don't get what we want for salary and for uh, um, like good 
like when you you are dealing for having like better condition no did you say because they don't, didn't have employee they just decided to kill all the chicken because nobody were there for doing the proper job and after that they just say no we are just burning the chicken and just like not doing anything with them <laughs> that blows my mind i didn't know anything about that but that blows my mind a similar thing happened in alberta a few years ago when we had major floods in calgary southern alberta and the hutterite ladies decided uh to be super neighborly mighty neighborly as they say out here and they made like hundreds of sandwiches to feed the people who are evacuated and the people were, who are staying in the evacuee centers and the people who are helping clean out the mud out of other people's houses. They came with sandwiches and um, the health inspectors said, well, you can't no. give these. They haven't been properly inspected. Yeah. They'd rather people go Seriously. hungry than to take a, take a sandwich from a, a nice kindly lady and her family. I mean, it was just, it's ridiculous, but government bureaucrats are the worst. They have to justify their existence by creating mm -hmm. problems. They are a solution in search of a problem. Um, exactly. and before we move away from Quebec, I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw this. Um, maybe you guys talked about it on the show, but this is the first time I've seen it. Quebec's conservative party is surging in the polls. This is from CBC, so they have to say something bad now, right? <laughs> like, so they can't just say Quebec's Conservative Party searching in the polls. And then they have to say, but here's why it's bad. Uh, as some of its candidates spread conspiracy theories, the party's newfound popularity is testing the limits of anti-mandate policies. I've got a story coming out later on, I think maybe today, about why you get uniformity in CBC's coverage of vaccines and the like. but. I'm dancing around the issue because I don't want to get us kicked off of YouTube, but let's keep going. Uh, mm -hmm. When Eric Duham took over as leader of the Conservatives last year, the party never held a seat in the legislature, never been invited to a major debate, and never raised more than 60000 in donations in any given year. Basically a fringe party, unaffiliated with the federal Conservatives and considered too libertarian for most Quebec voters since it was formed in 2009. In the last 15 months, though, Duham's party has wrangled a seat in the legislature, started polling at nearly 20%. You only need a little over 30 to form a government in this country. And it has racked up nearly half a million in donations in this year alone. And what are we at? We're August. So we only have like seven months of donations here. Uh, they call him a shock jock radio host instead of just a conservative radio host, right? Because that's got to be bad. They've got to put him on par with like the jerky boys. If anybody remembers those people, he was an early critic of Quebec's public health restrictions. As a leader, he continued to downplay the severity of the pandemic and the needs of safety measures. He was right. And people knew it. Um, and it, like the CBC can't understand the growth of the party is directly correlated to the fact that all the other parties were saying the exact same thing and doing the exact same thing on the issue of the pandemic. And they were the only skeptics and saying, you know what, there's probably a better way forward. Let's look at Sweden. Let's look at Florida. Um, but and let's look at South Dakota, other places where we're not mass, mass casualty events. But um, anyway, now as the fall election nears, he's welcoming the party a new slew of candidates who appear to be even more, oh God, see CBC, why? To be even more radical in their opposition to medical expertise and reigning democratic norms. 
30% of the new candidates have used their social media accounts during the pandemic to amplify medical misinformation. What's medical misinformation at this point? Simply saying lockdowns don't work. Um, mm-hmm. Conspiracy theorists <laughs> or to engage with far-right extremists, as CBC News report has found. Um, so you need what to do you think about that. this? So every time that um, Mr. Duhem is releasing and showing a new candidate, we have all the mainstream media researchers that are digging on the social media of the candidate and trying to find something against the candidate. But Mr. Diem is always, you know, taking time to know the candidate before choosing the candidate, you know? It's it's not like the person that would take an extremist person. And on his team, he have some medical person, some doctors, some scientists in, in his candidate. And yes, of course, like, what make everybody join uh, Mr. Duhem is because they are pro-choice, they are for democracy, and they are there for uh, talking about against the lockdown because it's, it's, it's what it is. It's like Mr. Duhem is really reaching a lot of people, not just the left, not just the right. They are reaching all normal people who are fed up of our premier right now that is Mr. Legault because how Mr. Legault is acting. We don't have democracy in Quebec anymore and it's why uh, that deserves a lot of mainstream media because they are funding by who? By mostly the government and so now they try just because Mr. Duhem is now on some poll second. Like it's actually maybe can be the direct, um, um, how you say it, opposition of Mr. Legault. So now uh, what they are doing, they just try to find like every single thing that can be bad for the party. That's yeah. it. Uh, well, and they're just, who decides what's a conspiracy theorist over at CBC? What's your benchmark for this? I looked at, like I said, I'm working on a story about why everybody thinks the same over at CBC on this one issue. Like the most boring at issue mm-hmm. panels, because everybody just everybody just stands around nodding and agreeing, even the approved conservatives that go on their panels, the boring conservatives, the establishment conservatives, why the audience agrees, why the staff agree, why is there not a single dissenting voice, not a single dissenting article written at CBC? I have the details on that. People should stay tuned to that. But they say, oh, there are conspiracy theorists. What does that mean? Because Mm -hmm. what's a conspiracy theorist at this point? Someone who has 20-20 vision, who can see things coming at you, who can read the government's own statistics at this point and say, oh, well, you told us the vaccines would do this, but actually they're doing this based on your data. Does that mean that I'm a conspiracy theorist if I say that or just somebody who can look at a a graph and a chart? Because that's, I think, what CBC means when they say this stuff. Yeah, but you need to understand that now conspiracy theories, it's only if you question the science and on the pandemic. But what about the other conspiracy theory that exists in life? Because you have a lot. 
uh, we talk about yeah. um, when we took talk about the um, people working in New York for the bank, who supposedly yeah. like is the one who have the decision behind the government, or lots of other conspiracy theory that uh, flew uh, like all like the conspiracy theory. They had a lot. But the one that we are really interested to is the one who questioned the science right now. Their science. Their science. Yeah, their science. Exactly. Um, We're getting dangerously close to things we can't say. So we'll just hop along. (laughs) um, Because uh, I try to cover all the things that we put in the YouTube title. Because if I don't, then I get emails. And so the last thing is apparently Canadians need to apologize for slavery. According to a uh, Nova Scotia Senator, Justin Trudeau recently apologized um, or honored, sorry, emancipation day. So the end of slavery. Um, but an emancipation day is when slavery was abolished in the British Empire. And Justin Trudeau, according to the Daily Wire, although I didn't see it because I sort of had my head down doing other things over the weekend, uh, he was widely mocked <laughs> for <laughs> celebrating or marking Emancipation Day uh, because uh, he's a known aficionado of blackface, at least thrice um, that I know of. And so many times that he's lost track, gaslighting racists, you dress in blackface. <laughs> Trudeau mocked after celebrating Emancipation Day. So uh, oh. this, this is great and well-deserved. But going back to this story of uh, Nova Scotia Senator Wanda Thomas Bernard, uh, is she? she's got to be a liberal senator. She absolutely has to be, although it doesn't say here, which leads me to believe that uh, she is. Because um, if she were a conservative saying something so dumb, um, they would note it. Um, But, okay, so federal politicians voted unanimously last year to recognize August 1st as Emancipation Day in Canada. Here's where things get interesting, because if you are paying attention to Canadian history, you might notice something funky with the dates here. It was on that day in 1834 that the Slavery Abolition Act came into effect, freeing about 800,000 enslaved people in most British colonies. 1834, my friend. 1834. When did Canada become a country? 1867. What the heck do we have to apologize for at this point? We weren't even a country for 35 years or 34 years or whatever it is. We weren't a country yet. What on earth do we have to apologize for now? Something somebody else did? Help me. I think right now he's really in his face to apologize for everything. I don't know. I think he, <laughs> he wants to uh, to to make his face like look better than his black face. So I think like now he's just like, maybe <laughs> I will have a better face afterwards. <laughs> but I, it's true. Now it's just like, oh, we need to apologize for this and this and this and okay, uh, what about maybe apologizing for what you are doing and what you do for your citizen now? Huh? Do you want to apologize to them? Or the people who d- you didn't listen to them uh, for the last past two years who had questions for you, wh- do you want to apologize for that? Um, I'm ready. Apologize. And afterwards, you can apologize <laughs> for whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, maybe... Uh, Let's throw a, a hat before our like other topic. 
Hmm? Which one? We should. Um, I don't know. Um, where? Just, just I wanted to. to uh, oh yeah, let's search yeah, an ad. Cool. Yeah, let's do that. Well, that was fun. We've got so much new stuff there. Like it's it's every day that I'm like, oh, I need to put that shirt in my cart. Oh, I need to. And then it's like, how do I wear all these great shirts? So I try to like go through, like I might film two videos in a day and I'm like switching them out so I can wear all all the great Rebel News shirts in a day. Um, But yes, that's at rebelnewsstore.com. Now we should get to, I saw this story in Blacklocks this morning and I wrote it up with a little bit of extra for our website here. Uh, This is really interesting because it debunks the lie that Justin Trudeau needed to invoke the Emergencies Act, the never before used terrorism law, to euthanize the convoy protest of peaceful street parties and uh, concerts and shinny hockey and open air soup kitchens. Um, That he said it was so costly to the city of Ottawa and to the businesses of the city of Ottawa that they needed to invoke the Emergencies Act, strip people of civil liberties, I guess, to charge them with minor crimes of mischief. Anyway, um, as it turns out, the strike by the uh, local carpenters union that is working on upgrading the uh, center block and I think it is center block and the Peace Tower, it's the center block and Peace Tower in Ottawa are closed until 2031, so a very long time. And there's a $5 billion uh, retrofit, sort of a rehab, refurnishing of the buildings. And the Freedom Convoy blockade, according to estimates by Public Works, say that they cost the Department of Public Works about $190,000 a day in work stoppages because they couldn't do the work on Central Block. But as it turns out, the carpenters strike on Parliament Hill, which lasted for about three weeks. So we're looking at similar time frames, three weeks in May versus three weeks in January and February. Um, so the Carpenters District of Ontario from May 9th to the 27th was more significant, as in it caused a greater shutdown and cost public works more money. Um, for three weeks in May, several construction company unions or industry unions went on strike, including crane equipment and elevator operators, demolition laborers, and carpenters. These strikes had significant impacts on construction projects across the province of Ontario, including the center block rehab. This strike action halted all major construction activity on site, with the exception of the masonry rehab on the center block, which continued progress but at a much slower pace. So not only did this cost public works in Ottawa on the center block, but it ground most of the construction projects in the province to a halt. So we're just looking at Ottawa numbers on this one thing. Can you, but did Justin Trudeau invoke the Emergencies Act on the Carpenters Union for their right to strike? 
because Tamara Leach and the convoyers had a right to protest the same way these guys have a right to job action. So why do, why wasn't the Emergencies Act invoked on these people? Why weren't they at least ordered back to work by some unconstitutional law passed in Parliament? They never did that, but they did it to the convoy. They invoked this unconstitutional overreaction and people languished in jail until last week. And these guys shut down basically every construction project in Ontario. No big deal. Nothing. Again. But in the, in the same time, the, the, the invoke the emergency act it was not passed yeah. when they dismantled the convoy. And afterwards, right. they needed to pass it to justify how they treat the people these two days. They beat them. They broke the window. They tore the, the, the vehicle away. They, they seized their they money. Used... They couldn't even get home. Yeah. And, 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 and they used tear gas. They used like so many uh, tools against them. It was just horrible. I never saw that in Canada. And they needed to pass it afterwards to say, we, needed, we, like, we need to justify how we act that day and all the money they used as well, because that cost a lot for the taxpayer to, to use all these police enforcement and... And they needed like to to have like at least a good reason, and unfortunately they they had no good reason because everybody was peaceful and nobody like did anything. I never saw like Ottawa as clean as that. People were shoveling snow, taking the garbage away, and always make sure that everything was clean. And they just like take over, destroy everything, and like. The only moment where I feel unsafe was a two dismantled day that the police came. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, when they had to vote to pass it in the House of Commons, they didn't do it because they didn't want to answer for their decisions. So they just went and did it. And then, you know, when it came to justifying it, they just backed right off. No harm, no foul, I guess, except for the fact that people were arrested, beaten, tear gas there. Uh, Trucks were towed, damaged, windows smashed in. You were shot with a crowd control um, canister right in your leg. Um, you weren't the only journalist that was uh, pepper sprayed that day. Um, bank accounts were seized and all of it was less impactful on the city of Ottawa than a carpenter strike. Yeah. And, you know, you saw it, the act, they approved it. And what it was 24 hours after, oh, they lifted. it. And was like, yeah. for what? For just justify what you did? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. no point. <laughs> um, last thing before we get to maybe chats, um, Chief Medical Officer of Health in Alberta, Dina Hinshaw, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, um, her salary has come out. She is the, I think, one of the highest paid bureaucrats in all of the land. She makes probably three times what the premier in Alberta makes. But I think probably she's right up there with Teresa Tam, maybe more than Teresa Tam. The Alberta government paid Dr. Dina Hinshaw. No wonder she's pro-lockdown. She's living her best life yeah. during the lockdown. When she was supposed to testify to answer for why she was arresting pastors, 
She said she was too busy, she told the court, and then she went on vacation. Must be nice. Um, but anyways, they paid Dr. Dina Hinshaw a record cash bonus in 2021. The chief medical officer of health received nearly a quarter of a million, over a quarter of a million dollars, or almost a quarter of a million dollars, $228,000 in addition to her $363,000 salary. This woman made over half a million dollars in one year, systematically destroying the lives of people and being too busy to answer for it. For a half a million dollars, you take you and your bad haircut and sit down and you answer in a court. By the way, I, I know I shouldn't get on about her bad haircut, but the woman makes half a million dollars a year. Why is she cutting her own bangs? <laughs> Why? Sorry, this is, I was just looking at that. I was like, yeah, this is not like a nice haircut. I can do that myself, but. Uh, Look, I've got uh, difficult hair. I'm not one to bash people, but I know enough not to cut my own hair. And I know this is like a petty thing, but this woman made $500,000 plus destroying people's lives, being the one signing the order to lock up pastors, close churches, limit funerals, close people's businesses, steal their businesses. Alberta Health Services running around getting secret court orders that resulted in the incarceration of Art Pulowski for days, uh, Chris Scott for days, Tim Stevens mm -hmm. being arrested in front of his crying children, um, James Coates being taken away to jail for 35 days, his church seized, his congregation pushed underground in hiding. I was the only journalist invited into their underground church services. Um, they were like the Christians that fled to the caves. Um, and she was behind that. And she was too busy to answer for it. And of course, she was living her best life, half a million dollars a year. Half a million dollars a year to ruin the lives of Albertans and say, you know what, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. No, you weren't. You limited my mother's funeral to 10 people, 10 people. We couldn't be there with her when she died. Then they limit it to 10 people. My kids couldn't say goodbye to their grandmother who lived on the same property as them because of her decisions. And I only say that because I am not alone. I'm one of thousands of families who were forced to do the same thing because of this horrible woman's actions. And she was rolling in the bank for it. And, but I'm sorry to say that, but if we look at all these people who were involved in, like probably Teresa Tamer or all these uh, scientists or all these people, they probably had like a, so much a big race, yeah. so much a big race for these last two years. So I would not be surprised to see all the, these people who destroy the life of a uh, Canadian citizen having like their best life with their best like money right now. Yeah. Oh, look at Justin Trudeau. He's in Costa Rica. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if, you try to, <laughs> if you try to fly through Toronto Pearson Airport, just kiss your luggage goodbye. You'll never see it again. You'll, it's been four weeks. Ooh. Nobody's found my daughter's <laughs> luggage. It's just gone. Um, and really? she's, again, she's, yeah, four weeks, it was gone. She lost it on the way to Dublin. They never found it. It's four weeks later. Who knows where it is? It's all gone. It's probably destroyed at this point because they probably moved it outside because they've lost so much luggage that, that it's just sitting outside on the tarmac. So, um, but Justin Trudeau, he's in Costa Rica living his best life. Um, it's all the same. These people, they have 
a way that they want to live and they are completely unaffected by their own crappy decisions. It's the little people who have to eat the crickets, have no clothes when they, when they fly and, uh, you know, scrape by as inflation picks your pocket while they're making a half a million bucks a year and your pastor's mm -hmm. in jail. You can't even go to your pastor for counseling because he's in jail. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So they make them richer and they make us poor. Nice. Yeah. Nice tactic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some of these chats. We've got five minutes left in the show. Uh, Adam Ottawa gives us a buck and says, if you go on that tire uh, website, they have photographs of SUVs that people should target. So how are these people not in jail? Like, how are these people? This is like, Tamara Leach went to jail for counseling to commit mischief. This sounds a hell of a lot like counseling to commit mischief um, or worse. Um, they're even get, telling you what cars to target, but they walk the streets, free people. Among them is a <laughs> Nissan Kicks, which has a puny 1.6 liter engine, smaller than most compact cars. Yeah, you may as well be targeting a uh, Toyota Yaris. That's a tiny little SUV. <laughs> it's probably just an all-wheel drive, egg-shaped abomination of a car. Um, <laughs> AMT60 <laughs> gives us a bug. Someone I know moved to her home country of Hungary. She said, here they stopped jabs completely. Uh, they are not even available. The population didn't want more than two here. It's declared over here. You know, if you look at the um, vaccine uptake, and I'm again, I'm dancing around this issue so we don't get cut off of YouTube. But the vaccine uptake for children is basically stalled. The parents who did want to do it, they've done it, and they're not doing it anymore. Exactly. And, and they probably wouldn't have done it but their kids wanted to play sports. They wanted to go to the rec center mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and you know how kids can be. So but you know that but, in Quebec now they approved it for the young, young, young one. Yes. Like six, this, eight, it started. six months to five. Mm -hmm. It's outrageous. They did the same thing in Alberta. And I, I'm just only like a handful of true believers are going to do that to their little kids. I'm sure of it. But What's the point? I, I, I know some people close to me that they are uh, like in delirium. Like uh, they, 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 need, they think that they, they, they really need to do it. It's terrible. It's terrible what the TV has done to people's minds these last two mm -hmm. years. Uh, AMT60 gives us a buck. If I won a lottery, I would move to a free country too with no more mandates. In Hungary, it's over. In China, mandates may come back. I hate ruled by mm -hmm. an immature WEF dictator. They are coming back. For example, University of Toronto, vaccine mandates back. Oh, really? So after, I, did, I didn't hear yeah, that. After they take your money for tuition, after they take your money for residence. Oh, by the way, we've brought back the vaccine mandate. These but is it federal? Awful. Is it a, yeah. because it's federal? Because... Uh, us in Quebec, uh, they put like a lot uh, for keeping the emergency um, state. So what is happening is like, so they actually say in that law that if they remove uh, a measure, they cannot bring it back. They that's go until December, but they say that they can reactivate the emergency state if they need to, uh, but most of the measure, they cannot really bring it back. So I'm really curious if they will do it because it's actually going against the project of law that they approved. 
Yeah, there's always sneaky ways around that sort of stuff. For example, in Alberta, they removed the law that they could force vaccinate you, like show up at your house and stick a needle in your arm or mm. whatever. Um, they removed that law, but then they said, oh, but if you want to go to the movies, if you want to go to the gym, if you want to go out for supper, um, you're going to have to produce your vaccine mandate. So it's like the soft coercion instead of like the hold you down and stick a needle in your arm. They do the soft coercion of, I'm sorry, mm. your kids can't play hockey unless they get vaccinated. I'm sorry, you can't go watch your kids play hockey unless you get vaccinated. So um, they there's always a way around it. And then when they remove the vaccine mandate, they're like, okay, but we're not going to stop employers from bringing it in or keeping it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they always just find a way to pass the buck off so that they get to keep their hands clean at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually like, uh, why they remove as well, like the, the guns, like they ban the yeah. guns as well. Like, because they, they know like that people will get like, like crazy like after if they put back everything like all this measure all these lockdown they they make it really well like to remove like the ban the the guns too so sure sure it's just it well. another way to con yeah it, they, it's just another way to control the people and stop you from having you know like it's just it's all about control it's they want all oh, yeah. they want to be able they want a monopoly on force is what they want. Uh, yeah. Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. When I was in the military, if we had excess food from our exercises or dinners, we had to throw away the food. We weren't allowed to donate it to soup kitchens for liability reasons. Yeah, I've I've seen that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But this is they should uh, that me. I, I always worked for a restaurant where we we took like all the rest of the food for place as uh, homeless people or. Like, yeah, I think it's the, the thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I would rather people not go hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know why the government has to get in between me and somebody else when I'm trying to make sure that they don't go hungry. You know, and this is why it, it's part of the liberal philosophy, though. And I think it's be, that's one of the reasons that conservatives or at least people who want to be left alone and people who won't leave them alone. It's why we don't understand each other because I don't need the government to tell me to take care of my neighbor. I don't, I, that's the last person I wanna hear. That's the last entity I wanna hear from. I can take care of my neighbor just fine. My religion, my moral code, it tells me, take care of people in need. I don't need the government picking my pocket, sending my money through the hands of a hundred bureaucrats and then giving it to somebody in need. I'll cut out the middleman and I'll do it myself because I'm compelled through my moral code, wherever that comes from for me to do that. But on the other side, they don't have that same moral code. So they need the government to tell them to do those things and to do it for them. I don't need the government mm -hmm. to do it for me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Gas station sushi 26 says 10 bucks. Merci Alex. Thank you, Sheila for your coverage, integrity, and perseverance in reporting the other side of the story. Do you believe that everyday normies are waking up to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset? I do. I do. I, I think, think that was one of I our... I think that was outside of the convoy protests, our coverage of the World Economic Forum was probably our larger... One of our larger stories of the year outside of, you know, like Pastor Art and the churches being tromped on and the convoy. World Economic Forum is clearly it and it's because people are putting the pieces together 
You know, mm-hmm. when they World Economic Forum for three years, four years, you can go back on their website and say, they, you can see, just search crickets or insects. And it's all the things that they're telling you, like, maybe this is the solution for climate change, blah, blah, blah. And then you see now, five years later, four years later, the mm-hmm. Canadian government is funding a cricket a place for you to eat the crickets. They say it's for pet food with the goal of getting it to human food. Mm-hmm. You can see now that what was a conspiracy theory, the action part is starting to happen. You know, the, the n- controlling the farmers. Now you see the nitrogen targets by which they're doing it. The climate lockdowns, we already tested it through COVID lockdown. So what were just ideas from the World Economic Forum five years ago, We've lived through some of those already and are about to live through more of them. So I think people, yeah, eating bugs. Look at this. This is World Economic Forum. You just, 2018, now it's 2021, 2019. So you see all of this and then all of a sudden Justin Trudeau is funding a cricket facility with your money and you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to figure out that this is happening. And just with the non-digital travel identity, was in 2018 that was signed with Justin Trudeau? And now, in 2021, oh, suddenly we see like Arafkan arriving. And if you look at Arafkan and the non-digital travel identity, it's the same platform. It's the same app. Yeah. Same thing. So don't say to me that it's not the same. Uh, gas station sushi 26 gives us five bucks. Well, that's very generous. Thank you. Sheila and Alexa, do you get recognized at stores or in airports? What do people say? What's the percentage of um, good, bad comments? Alexa, you go first. Um, so um, can you just <laughs> make the question a little bit clear for me? I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. He wanted to know, yeah. He wants to know if when you're out and about in the world, do you get recognized by people who know who you are? And mm-hmm. if they do stop and talk to you, do you get good comments or bad comments? So I'm, I was my same surprise. Like I'm, I'm getting recognized more in Montreal, I would say than Quebec. Um, probably because, as you know, Montreal is bilingual, so they are following much more uh, ribbon news. Uh, I get recognized, uh, yeah, I would say a little bit everywhere. Most of the time, it's good comment. They say, like, uh, they, they appreciate our work. They appreciate uh, what we are doing because we need more uh, independent uh, media as us in Canada. Unfortunately, we don't have lots, but we do our best for doing the job as many media in one <laughs> and um a good comment uh same at the pope even a lot of people were following ruben news and they were really happy that we were there for covering uh the pope event uh and that just not uh, the mainstream media so yeah and probably uh sheila get recognized way more than me <laughs> you know it's funny because i think i just appearance wise i just look like everybody else's like mom <laughs> like a, a 40 year old mom. Um, and, uh, you know, I, as you know, I don't dress particularly flashy, but that because that's how I look, people recognize me, right? Like they, <laughs> I sort of have a uniform, like black curly hair, plaid shirt, t-shirt, jeans. People know they don't have to think like, is that Sheila? I, I, in my efforts to look normal, I actually look quite distinctive. So I do get recognized a fair bit. Also it goes 
without saying that the places I normally go to in a day are places where you might find rebel people, the farm mm -hmm. supply store. <laughs> the, oh, <yeah. laughs> the tractor dealership picking up parts you will like the places I go to you I will run into farmers and and normal people like that so I will get recognized in those places um my daughter's uh like sometimes her friends don't know who I am until they're like wait I no you're you? that lady <laughs> And so uh, it's, uh, I, I appreciate it though. I'm always happy to, you know, meet our supporters because at the end of the day, we have jobs because those people watch us. And yeah. so, you know, it, friends, viewers, friends that haven't met yet, if you see me out in the world, stop me, say, hey, uh, let me know what you think about the work that we're doing. Um, I'm all like, I welcome the viewer feedback. That's why we leave our comments section open on the website. I give out my email in the gun show. I want to hear from you. And if you see me out in the world, stop me and say, hey, I'm happy to talk to you. I look forward to it, actually. Yeah, and please, like every comment can make us improve better all the time. You know, and I actually get a lot of people who say, um, I don't necessarily agree with everything you say, mm -hmm. but they're like, um, you always make us think or we'll get people, I get people who say like, you know, I, I don't always agree with everything that you say, but I think it's important that there are other voices out there. And mm -hmm. um, ideally, that's all I want. I don't want everybody to agree with me. Um, I just want to present another viewpoint because mm -hmm. I think that. 50% of Canadians probably have a different viewpoint about everything and they are not being heard. And so we have to give voice to those people. Exactly. I approve. Uh, gas station, <laughs> gas station <laughs> sushi gives us 26 or gas station sushi 26 gives us five bucks. This is Sheila and Alex. When is Rebel News going to reactivate Rebel Meet and Greet with fans? I've attended one event and it was a blast. You enjoy meeting fans. Uh, why or why not? I think we just answered this question. I like meeting our people. If you see me in the grocery store, stop me. If you, if I'm out having a beer with my friends, also stop me. Um, sit down, we'll have a beer together. Um, but uh, I, I know we're trying to get more out into the world again, especially since flying has opened up uh, to our unvaccinated staff, including the boss man. He's taken to the skies like a mighty Jewish eagle. He's flying all over the place now. And so uh, we're, we are trying to put together um, some more events where we can interact with our supporters because it has been, um, I think it's been terrible the last two years. Um, we do our best to get out into the world. We cover protests and stuff. But, um, you know, like to actually sincerely thank our viewers and face to face for their support over the last two years. I think that's important for us to do. I think so. Fraser McBurney. God, this guy loves his cap locks. Five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> famine, famine does not start on a Monday. It's mostly caused by governments. It starts with the destruction of transportation. Then it takes land out of production. Then government restrictions. Then hoarding. Then theft. Then loss of income. Then famine. Also war. Throw war into there. Um, yep. Because civil, civilizations are, they fall on famine. And uh, the famine is so often artificially caused by governments. Holodomor being yes. an example. Unfortunately, look at Sri Lanka. Sri, yeah. Sri Lanka, yeah. I've, been, I've been there, I think it was 2017. It was beautiful. And it was way more richer than India. And when I look like at 
how they become because they try to be 100% organic farmer and and we saw like the inc- like decreasing uh, of their money and they make that country so poor that nobody cannot afford to eat all their meal a day so yeah. don't say that what they are doing will actually make us better no no it's going to make food Possible. cost more and and it's the poor people who will pay the price first every single time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Fraser McBurney gives us a buck and says the best place to swim in Quebec is at the Cascades in Rawdon. Check it out. Do you know where that is? Yeah, I've been there. Beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have so many beautiful places in Quebec where you can swim, but be careful. Some place is dangerous. I just want to walk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gas station sushi 26 gives us five bucks sheila and alex do you have ndp or liberal supporters reach out to you do you ever have government people reach out to you i have government well not government people well no that's not true in alberta i do have mm-hmm. government people government staffers reach out to me quite a bit behind the scenes um do i have ndp or liberal supporters reach out to me yeah actually i i find that sometimes at these freedom protests you have the most granola ndp people who are also there, who are saying, um, my body, my choice, um, natural foods, um, like they're the the most granola hippie green people who are very concerned with what, with putting chemicals in their body. And you find Mm -hmm. them at these protests too. And, um, you know, it's, I, I say it quite a bit, but the pandemic has really forced people to break down away from the old like parties, this party, I'm in this party, I'm in that party. Like there's no partisanship anymore. And you can Mm -hmm. see that because some of the biggest critics of conservatives are small C conservatives. So Doug Ford's biggest critics are actual conservatives. Jason Kenney's biggest critics are actual conservatives because it's about people who want to live their life and people who want to control your life. That's, I think where politics are these days, uh, there are still some people who are liberal and NDP voters who just want to live their lives. They don't want to control you and they're out there. And when we see them, I think we have to be gracious with them because they're lost. And <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of being like, Oh, you voted for Jagmeet Singh. Let's be kind. Let's be ecumenical. Let's evangelize the good word of freedom to those people and show them a little bit of grace. Um, and, you know, that's how conversion happens. And, and I, I think instead of, you know, pointing the finger at those people and saying, Oh, you voted for Justin Trudeau, you did this to us. You have to welcome people who are having that come to Jesus moment with their politics and uh, bring them into the fold. But some people have looked at the plan and what the, the, the party have to offer. And that was fitting for them. But at the end of the day, they, they just realized that they made a mistake and um, they, what they, they were promoting is not really what they are doing. So uh, we need to be welcome to everybody, I think. Yeah, that's right. You know, we can't go out there talking about how great it is to live your life without government control. And then when you convince some people, yeah, you might be right. That is great. We have to show mm-hmm. them some grace. <laughs> we have to say, exactly. yeah, you, you, you are a baby conservative. Get over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> King... 7734 gives us two bucks. The Jerky Boys, this is my old lady reference. I still use that when I get a call for duck cleaning. I'm glad you called. I've got some ducks that need to be 
queen quack 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 yeah it's an old jerky boys joke i'm just i'm just completely dated myself by even bringing that reference in and alexa doesn't even know it because it is a horrible english language joke so <laughs> don't even don't even google yeah. it alexa it's just so boring okay. you don't even you'll be like sheila okay. actually how old are you yeah <laughs> um I'm hey, Dunn, how, how old are you <laughs> old very old uh oh stop it uh Hey, the Dunn gives us 10 bucks. Upper Canada abolished slavery in 1793. One of the first, first such acts. Yeah. What do we have to apologize for? We were mm -hmm. early adopters of good ideas. Um, and, you know, a lot of people uh, lost a lot in the interest of making sure that other people were free. We shouldn't apologize for that. We should celebrate that. Exactly. I prove that. I am black as a spy box. I remember getting, uh, this is an interesting one. I remember getting a reparations check because of the act when I was in high school back in the 90s. I was doing research at the Black Cultural Center in Nova Scotia. I wonder if it still exists. Well, that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, time, Times gives us a buck. Re Jagmeet saying, better to remain silent and be thought of a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Winston Churchill. Uh, Pamela that's a good, uh, yeah, that's that was a good, a good uh, statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela for freedom gives us five bucks. Got to watch project Veritas on CNN's tech director talking about pushing the climate change agenda. Mm -hmm. I don't even know why you have to go undercover to find that out. YouTube puts it underneath every one of the videos that even touches remotely on climate change. They tell you that, you know, the UN says the world is going to end. Please yeah. click here to find out when the doomsday clock comes your way. I mean, it's, you know, that this stuff is so deeply ingrained in uh, big tech. And but it's in, just... in 1998, the, the, I remember the same in the, the newspaper uh, in the 90s, they, they were telling like, we're not past to the 2000 year because the, like and now it's getting worse and worse. I'm just like it's been a long time. They said I'm gonna be dying from climate change. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been dying so long. I've been dead so many times, killed so many times by climate change. I've lost count. Like <laughs> they said that the Arctic would be free of sea ice. Um, yes. Nope. They said polar bears were dying. There's more polar bears now than I think in the last fifty years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they became like. At least pick an animal that's dying out to be your avatar of climate change catastrophe. They just keep mm -hmm. multiplying all over the place um, because apparently they do okay when the sea ice melts. They're fine. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, the, the at the Science. end, like at, <laughs> at the end of every doomsday cult, because most doomsday cults have predictions that this is when the comet's going to strike us, or this is when it's going to happen, or this is when it's going to happen. And every time the prediction comes and goes, more people leave the cult. But the true believers, at the end, though, it's only the most radical ones behind. The mm -hmm. people setting themselves on fire to protest climate change. And I think we're going to see more of that going forward because the doomsday keeps coming and going. And more people like you and me were like, ah, you know what, I'm going to pick up garbage. Uh, I, I am going to uh, recycle my cans and that's how I'm going to make sure the environment's a little bit cleaner and maybe I will bring a water bottle um, instead of, you know, bringing a cup 
like a plastic throwing out a plastic cup, like real tangible things. If, if you wanted to do it, most normal people are like, that's how I'm going to cut down on actual pollution, pollution, like actual garbage. But the other people, it's going to be the most radical left behind. And I worry about those people now. Mm -hmm. Oh, me too. <laughs> I was saying, I'm very worried about I, them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're being told they're uh, they're a parasite on the face of the earth, and uh, I worry about the mindset of people who think of themselves that way. What will they do to themselves and to others? I think it'll go man, beyond. It'll go beyond slashing tires. That's for sure. But me, my concern is, is to other, like yeah, like if if you are too, too crazy to don't take care of yourself, but you you're supposed to be a big big grow up like person to say okay I'm. But when they touch other, don't touch the other. Like, yeah, they don't deserve yeah. anything that you think that is good or is bad. Yeah, That's yeah. It. They just want they they've decided for you what you need to do with mm -hmm. your life. They decided that they know better than you. And you know when you look at some of these people, they are not making good life decisions in in general. They look sickly. Yeah. They don't have two nickels to rub together. And they're looking at you saying, I want to tell you how to live. I don't think so. I don't think mm -hmm. so. <laughs> Come back when you have um, at least like a muscle to jab a knife into a tire. Because I don't, I, I think it probably took like a handful of them to try to like stick a knife into a tire. Because I just don't think they have the energy. I don't know if crickets give you that much energy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> probably not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Twinks uh, gives us two bucks and says, extinctionists are eco-terrorists. Yes. Makes me spitting mad. They destroy the property of people who worked very hard to own while most of them still live with or are supported by their rich families like Greta's. Exactly yeah. my point. Uh, These people cannot live or thrive in the world on their own. They're definitely not thriving. They're just sort of going through the motions of life. Um, malnourished and cold. They always look so cold. They're wearing layers of clothes all the time because they're cold. I'm not taking life advice from those people. I'm just not. I won't. And yeah, I think you have a little bit of jealousy on this. Yeah. Yeah. Jealous. Yeah. Like they, je they are yeah. jealous because people are, uh, I don't have the same life. Why they have this, this life? So we should all be on the same level, you know? Yeah. So they just taking misery. like, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay. i see that i see that i see that other like they might look at other people and say look they don't feel guilty all the time they have three kids they have a car they're going on vacation they're working hard they got a house in the backyard instead of striving for that they want to have everybody come down to their level of guilt mm -hmm. and misery and yeah. yeah yeah i think that there's some truth to that for sure and I think this is the last chat. We're like well over time yeah. today from Twinks. Gives us a buck. My SUV gets better mileage than a small car. Many families, yeah, mine included, uh, need the size of SUV. Many of us live where there's no public transport. Yeah. I don't even live on mm -hmm. like pavement. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm supposed to bring my $500 worth of groceries from Costco home on a bike. The 30 kilometers to my house try it send, send me some picture of that try it and send me some picture <laughs> but oh it's, my God. it's true like suv you have a lot of people who can jump with you and you can so do some cool share lift and uh, yeah but do you prefer like a two-place car that is 
and having one person driving inside. Yeah. Just for let you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, I think we're all caught up. That was a long show, but it flew right by, I think. Um, Alexa, thanks for joining me on the show today. I know you had filled in last minute. We had a little bit of confusion um, coming out of the holiday Monday, but you are always a trooper and uh, always a great co-host. So I appreciate that very much. Um, thanks to everybody in the office who puts the show together, everybody behind the scenes who works really hard to make sure that all of our viewers can find the show. Thanks to all the viewers and special thanks to everybody who pitched in with a few bucks to ask us some questions, to give us some comments and to keep the lights on here at Rebel News. Like I said, off the top of the show, there are plenty of places where you can spend your money and you have less of it than ever. And so we appreciate that you would give it to us, uh, to help us do the work that we do. I think that's it. I'm not sure who's hosting tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it's not me, but you know what? If it is, maybe, it. <laughs> maybe, you know, we just sort of wing it some days around here. Um, but as David Menzies always says, stay sane. Yes. The fourth industrial revolution, or in other words, the technological reset has been in the works for decades, despite the term only being coined by Klaus Schwab in 2015. The players involved, whether directly or indirectly tied to the World Economic Forum, have a vital role in this realignment of life as we know it. Their predictions for the future of this world should be both a cause for concern and excitement. Society runs the risk of trading hard-won personal freedoms for high-tech entertainment and enhancement that can be turned against us. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless, meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games as a solution for more. It's already happening. Uh, in, in, in other different titles, different headings, you see more and more people spending more and more time or uh, solving the inner problems with uh, drugs and computer games. In this episode, we've met some of the big names involved in this venture to redesign and reimagine the world as we know it. But what about the major corporations and governments alongside Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? And how can the developments of the fourth industrial revolution be used against us? For the next episode, we will examine these questions and continue to dissect the technological reset. But for now, I hope that you have learned something about the rise and risk of technocratic globalism. In the meantime, it is important that you share this knowledge with others and help us keep rejecting, resisting, and exposing the Great Reset.